The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's now time for A's Roundtable with Chris Townsend. Learn from the men and women that help determine the direction of the Oakland A's, from amazing stories to colorful personalities. Now is the time to get your inside look of the A's front office. This is A's Roundtable. Welcome to A's Cast, powered by TuneIn, and we're going to have our first edition of A's Roundtable. What is A's Roundtable going to be here in the offseason? We're going to get to know people who helped the Oakland Athletics in so many ways. And today, this is a big deal. It's corporate sponsorships. It's the partnerships that really are the lifeblood of the organization. Wade Martin, the VP of Corporate Partnerships and Hospitality, is with us. Greg Reber is a Senior Director of Courtner Partnerships. And Kat Mundy, Director of Partnership Marketing. It's so great to have you guys. And, and this is the first edition. So welcome to A's Roundtable. We decided to put this podcast together because we want our fans to learn about people who work for the Oakland Athletics. And, Wade, we'll start with you. Uh, appreciate the time coming on. And, obviously, the off season. this is a huge time for you. Yeah, it's the busiest time, actually, for us. And it's more predictable in a good way because we know what our 2020 plan is. Just like the baseball team, we have our own goals. And our, our season sort of starts now for 2020. So we really started that, um, that planning process during the baseball season. And now that we're into the offseason, unfortunately, from a baseball perspective, we can get to work and really start running on 2020 plans. You know, the one thing for me, having been around this for a long time, and I've been saying this a lot uh, on our show, Ace Cast Live, and also on our postgame show, is for the first time in a long time, when I think of Dave Cavill, when I think of Chris Giles, I think about your team, and then I think about the baseball side. Winning 97 games two straight years, this is the first time in a long time that I've seen that the ship is all going in, in, in one direction together. Everybody's pulling on the same rope. Yeah, no, you're right, and I, it's good to hear that you recognize that. I think a lot of people in the public understand that and in the market, and for us, we won 97 games last year, too. I would say uh, we had a lot of great success. We had an exciting year. We were you know, blessed with many great wins on the partnership side, but we're not done. We didn't win our version of the World Series either, so... More work to be done, but we have the team in place. Uh, you know, we've got all the tools we need to, to be successful. So now we just have to put the plan together and, and roll. You know, Greg, so many people, we think about A's access and getting people into the ballpark. But the sponsorships and these corporate relationships are so key to for all professional sports. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that we're trying to accomplished day in and day out is really just engaging the marketplace. I mean, because there's so many different companies that we can be talking to out there. Um, and it's all about that activity and getting a chance to tell our story. Um, there's so many different companies that see value in sports. So it's our job to obviously um, get in touch with them, visit with them, uh, have a chance to really uh, figure out what they're trying to accomplish um, and see if we can work together. And once again, that story is a lot easier to tell when the team's winning. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and I, I think about also for, for what you need to do is, you know, there's some relationships that the A's used to have, and now you've got to get those relationships back. Yeah, because, um, you know, certainly I think all teams at one time or another in the industry 
um, go through that phase and the, those ups and downs of having significant relevance. And then maybe sometimes that dies down just a little bit. Um, and so I think we're in the process both on the field and even off the field of regaining that relevance in uh, Northern California and the East Bay. Um, and so trying to find those companies that maybe had done business with the A's in the past and um, having a chance to have new conversations with them um, and tell our new story um, is what we're you know excited about most importantly, but obviously trying to work to really find those uh, potential partners uh, and bring them back into the family and obviously find new ones as well. Yeah, the, the story is something to tell. And Kat, it's also about the relationship. Once you have that partnership, it's maintaining that relationship, which is so key. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say that we've that has been a huge focus of ours, um, especially for me being here new. This is my second season, but you know, you kind of have to start from square one. There have been a lot of partners that are almost legacy partners and have been, you know, partners of the A's for many, many years. And so coming in and trying to understand them and the key players with every brand that we work with, um, but also staying in touch with them at all times, inviting them out, maintaining a strong relationship is critical. It's really the lifeline of our business. And, you know, we really treat our partners as part of the A's family. And um, we're friends with many of our partners. And it's, it's really important to us to ensure that they feel confident in what we're doing and understanding that we feel extremely passionate about their brand and their business. Um, and it's, a, it's always at top of mind for us. And I, so many, as you mentioned, they're fans. They love this team. And a lot of them grew up with this team. You know, whether they saw the teams in the 70s or they saw the team in the 80s, they've been fans of this baseball team for a long, long time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's. It's really interesting. We have kind of a spectrum, I'd say, of uh, partners in terms of how long they've been in the East Bay. And um, most of them are, have been here a long time and are very, very passionate about them, just about the A's just as individuals and people. So um, it's been really, really fun um, because we're really able to kind of tug on their heartstrings a lot with what we're doing. Um, and it's, it's nice to have partners that really care and, and are behind what we're doing as an organization. So I think about your guys' journey to how you got here. We'll start with you, Wade. I know you worked in the NFL. I know you've been around baseball. But talk about how you got to the Oakland Athletics and really how you started in this business. Yeah, the, the um, baseball side of things is fairly new to me from a Major League Baseball perspective, working for a Major League Baseball team. But uh, came most recently from Chicago, having worked on behalf of the Cubs, consulted for them at, at Wrigley Field, which is one of the most iconic, you know, sports venues, if not cultural venues in the world. And so was there for their World Series run, saw that firsthand, and that was really exciting. But we were more so focused on the developments around Wrigley Field. So had worked on, an, on the agency side there, but spent almost 10 years working for NFL teams prior to that, uh, led the partnerships group and really a transformation of the Detroit Lions organization in the mid 2010, or it was really 2012 to 17. And then before that, it was in Cincinnati with the Bengals. So just like baseball, there are 32 NFL clubs. They're run and led 32 different ways. So we had a lot of really great experiences at those two organizations, helping sort of lead them through different periods of time in their evolution. Um, but I, the story that these guys have heard that I've told too many times to our partners is I was excited to get back on the team side. In 2017, I missed being a part of one culture, building a, an organization, and shared with my family I wanted to go back to the team world. And I told them, the only things I'm really not open to are working in baseball and moving to California. And I met Dave and Chris probably a month later, heard this story, understood where this organization was headed, and my wife and I came running to this, this opportunity. 
and it's been the best thing. It's been a part of my professional life. And I think about what we talk about all the time with 2023 is you're just not building a stadium, right? You're going to build a community kind of like what you were doing at Wrigley Field is all the different businesses and all the different opportunity that, that's going to open up around a new stadium. Yeah, and Wrigley was unique because it was, I mean, it's a cultural you know, place to visit, whether you're a baseball fan or not, whether you like the Cubs or you just want to be a part of sort of Americana. Uh, the opportunity we have here in Oakland is to really – place make something that is going to be transformation transformational for the city of Oakland so not to diminish what Wrigley had or has they already had that and for us we get a chance to actually build it from the ground up get input from all the key constituents and and the marketplace and um, leave our mark on something you know leave it here for the rest of time which is you can't even describe how unique that is. Yeah, when you have that special place, you know, whether you're talking about Fenway Park, I was just uh, this past weekend, I was at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Those places don't suck to go to work every day. No, and, you know, Oakland has, has gone such a gone through such an incredible transformation over the last couple of years. It's a place that people want to live and work and be a part of. So delivering this type of opportunity back to the city and the people who are here um, will just be such a special thing, and it's so unique. We get to do something great on the baseball field, in sports, but really something that's much more impactful than just that. And, Greg, the NHL. Yes, exactly. Um, I've been with the A's about a little over a year now. I finished my first full season here, 2019. But, prior, yes, prior to that, um, I had spent a number of years in the NHL with two different teams, the Florida Panthers and the Anaheim Ducks. Um, and, you know, very interesting in the sense that, of course, two different sports – Slightly different fan bases, but at least in the context of what we do in corporate partnerships, uh, it is fascinating and it's universal how companies see such value in leveraging sports as a marketing platform. Um, and really, you know, our, our job at the end of the day is really no different in baseball, in hockey, in the NFL, et cetera, in the sense that how can we help companies tap into that fandom, that passion that, you know, fan bases have for their favorite teams and bring them along, uh, along the ride you know, with that conversation that we're constantly having with our fans. And so I think that that's why I get so much, uh, you know, enjoyment out of what we do is because regardless of the sport, regardless of the team that you might work for, as long as you have a great story to tell and what we're doing here in the new ballpark, as Wade mentioned, and all of those things, um, a lot of similarities, but obviously some unique uniqueness compared to each different market, but still always a lot of fun. So the markets are all different. The leagues are all different. Yeah. The NFL, you know, it's getting not talking about preseason, but you have eight games. You know, in hockey or basketball, you have eighty-one. I mean, you have forty-one, and then in, you know, baseball, you got eighty-one. It's it's a it's a it's amazing how different they all are. Very different, um, certainly. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think when you're when you're just in the season, game in, game game out, in baseball, you have home stands, and obviously in hockey and some of the other sports, basketball, you have you know. Uh, you know, three or four games within a week, you know, at the stadium or the arena. Um, but when you're in the middle of it, uh, you know, all those different days, it kind of just feels the same in the sense that you're engaging with your partners, you're engaging with your season ticket holders, or for us, the A's Access members, you're taking it all in. Um, so you, you're never really thinking about, oh, my gosh, I'm working this many games in baseball versus this many games in hockey. It all feels the same, but in a great way. And Chris, I'll just say on that note, I mean, having 81 games to engage with, with partners and folks, to me, feels like a really nice cadence because you don't have to force it all into eight games. And NFL, NFL games are hard hitting, literally, but also 
it's an event. It's a, it's a, you know, an event for the day. Our games are a little bit more laid back. There's time to engage and, and have a conversation, let folks be with their families. It's, it's a little bit family friendly, you know, in that regard. So it's just a really awesome business opportunity. I think baseball in general. And the thing that I, that I like about baseball rather than fo- football, everybody's miserable. I mean, seriously, even if when you're winning, people are miserable in the NFL. It's like, enjoy, take time to enjoy. And that's the one thing, baseball, a little more laid back, and, and you have a lot more fun. And it's, Kat, it's about finding the right brand to match your brand. I don't think a lot of us truly understand that. I mean, something that you work with, but you got to find the right partners, too, that fit not only what's good for them, but it's got to be good for the A's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I'd say that we have made such an effort and it's really been a big focus of our strategy of understanding the brands that we're talking to, understanding their business objectives as well as brand specific objectives. What are their pain points? What are they trying to achieve? I know Greg mentioned some of that as well. Um, And by doing that, really understanding who they are and what their brand is all about really allows us to align areas of our business that that can help support them in that way or help them achieve the goal that they're out they're out you know that they're prioritizing I guess for that year and so um, that's a huge part of you know our kind of uh, initial meetings with brands to understand what the opportunity is and see if it makes sense for us to work with them but also just the people that we're working with we want to make sure that we are able to maintain a wonderful relationship with them that they are equally as passionate about the A's and and our brand as well so it is trying to find a right fit and marrying the two in the best way possible so um, it's really been a focus of ours so a college volleyball star you go from there to how would you get into professional sports? Yeah, well, I knew I wasn't going pro <laughs> in volleyball. Um, so there's that. Uh, so I obviously, sports has been a passion of mine, played sports my whole life, played in college. So I wanted to continue to be in that area in some way, shape, or form. So um, actually worked for a sports marketing agency uh, out of Dallas, uh, headquartered in Dallas for about almost eight years, uh, worked on the consulting side. So really sitting on the other side of the table from teams and leagues and managing sponsorships on behalf of brands. So really acting as a liaison between the brand and the property that they had a sponsorship with and consulting them, negotiating their deals, managing the assets that they have in their deals um, with the teams and leagues, which is actually how I met Wade way back in the day. He was on the NFL side and I was uh, representing uh, Frito-Lay uh, and their sponsorship with the Bengals. So uh, anyway, but was with uh, Genesco down in Dallas and then moved to Chicago to work on a different client, Miller Coors. Um, and then that's where I reconnected uh, with Wade and heard about the A's. And um, it was too too good of an opportunity to, to pass. So that's how I made it out here. So first team experience. Well, it, it's like Billy Bean. We always talk about Billy and Moneyball and building a team. This is what, Wade, you've been able to do. You've been able to build a team and bring people from out of town, a team that you think that can win on an everyday basis. Yeah, and we've, we've had some experience doing that in other places, and, and the organization here actually has given us more resources, not just financial resources, but just sort of the ability to build it the way we want to build it. And, you know, Kat mentions her background. For me, it's if you think about it from a baseball or sport analogy, it's really we have the other team's playbook now. So with Kat representing brands and working on behalf of sponsors on the other side of the table – we can have our team really sort of filter that through our partnership marketing team to say, hey, how should we handle this process? How are we going to show up best in front of a brand to really you know, win in that setting? And so that's provided us a ton of expertise. So we knew we wanted to identify that sort of leadership role. 
And what a lot of teams end up doing, and it's not wrong, is they have folks that sort of progress through an organization. And what you don't end up getting out of that is that outside exposure to different parts of our business that's changing dramatically. I mean, you see it in, in the media world too. So that's been a huge, excuse me, uh, a huge just asset for us. And then on the other side with Greg and his leadership, having come from in the NHL and motorsports and having worked briefly at an agency as well, it's not just, okay, we've done this the same way, the same time. I mean, that's the definition of insanity, you know, with the same result. So if you look across our whole team, we have motorsports, agency, you know, um, NFL teams on down the line. There's probably, if we have, you know, 12 or 14 people on our team, 10 different, very different backgrounds. And that just makes us better equipped to hit the marketplace and, and learn about what our partners need because it's not through the same filter. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand, but this is a business, but yet you're a business inside Major League Baseball. So you have to kind of play, especially us on the media side, you have to play by their rules, right? Can you talk about that? How it's it's different from this just being an independent business and you can do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, and that's what's also great about the diversity of our team is we've we've worked for different leagues. We understand different nuances around things, and we understand, and that's where Dave and Chris's leadership has been so great, you know, there are different team approaches to how you interact with your league. And the league, from from our perspective, never really heard from the A's. It was a very different sort of interaction with the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. And so from the time, I, don't, I think it's impossible to think of, of a time that we didn't have that. But Dave has been such a great leader with, with MLB. Obviously, the commissioner was here two or three weeks ago for a wild card game and at a really critical time where we needed his leadership to be here in Oakland. But uh, we now have a voice in New York. They listen to us. They respect us. They're now calling us, asking us for, you know, sort of feedback on things, which is great. But, you know, at times, too, we also have to we have to operate our business and, and educate the league about what's important to us because they they can't know what's going on in 30 different places. So they, they do their best. But it's creating that dialogue and mutual respect to say, hey, guys, like this is a, we know what rules are. But then there's also, a, you know, ways in which we can work together to compromise on things that are important to us. You know, Greg, when I when I when I think about you saying you've been here for about a year, what did you really think about the job when you moved here, and what is it like now since you've been here for a year? That's a great question. Um, well, first off, it, it it's exceeded my expectations um, with what I had originally planned. Um, you know, we were certainly excited to to move out here. Uh, my wife's originally from California; I am as well, so we had that going for us. But I didn't know too much about Oakland and obviously the organization itself. Um, but just being here now, one year later, um, I'm even more excited than when I started just because of, as we've all alluded to in, in this conversation, just what's in front of us, the excitement that we have, what we're building upon, um, the trajectory of the company and the team on the field and obviously what we're doing on the business side with our partners and our fan base and A's access. Um, so it's just a, a lot to look forward to still, but I love the progress that we've already made. We just keep chipping away every day. We can't get it all at once, um, but I feel like the progress we've made in the last you know, 12, 14 months plus um, has been tremendous. I think we're all doing one thing. We're all repairing the brand. You know, I'm doing it from the side of, of radio. You guys are doing it in corporate sponsorships. We know what, what Dave's trying to do to get a ballpark built. We know what Chris Giles is trying to do to get people into the ballpark and give them great deals. Talk about that, Cat. how really we're all one team trying to build this brand back up because, let's be honest, this brand was kind of ripped apart for a while, and, and it needed people like us to come in and to repair it. Yeah, it's, um, you know – 
again, for me, not having a ton of team experience, I don't have many other examples to compare to or other organizations to compare it to. Um, but for me coming in, I was, I was truly blown away about, um, you know, just internally all of the departments and all of the employees of the A's, how much they care about this organization and this team. And, um, for where we sit within the organization, we have to, when we work with every single department to bring a partnership to life. And so you really get, um, to know everyone on a deep level. And, um, I'd say that, yeah, we, we have really focused on not only our relationships externally, but internally as well to ensure that we are all kind of working towards the same goal. And that really starts with great leadership, you know, from, from Dave Cavill to Chris Giles on down. I mean, it, it really, starts at the top and it's been um really felt internally and and really um kind of uh is just amazing to know that we are all really have someone leading the ship and know that we have that common goal to go after and it's very clear what our our vision is and so it's been it's been great Every two weeks, we have a podcast called The Build where I bring on Dave Cavill and we talk about what is going on with the A's I don't know how he does it. I mean, if it was me, I'd be flipping out. I mean, the guy is always positive, no matter what you throw at him. And, and that really is the kind of way, the, the leader that you need, because it is not easy to build in California. It is not easy to build in the Bay Area. It is not easy dealing with Oakland. It's not easy dealing with Alameda County. I've been living this for a long, long time. It's very frustrating. But he never seems frustrated. It's amazing. I've never worked for a leader like Dave. And I was sort of after a leader like him when I was thinking about going back to the team world. So when I met him um, and really realized his vision and his willingness to lead and not always make the easy decision. You know, he's more of a forgiveness than a permission guy, which can sound disrespectful at times to those who you're, you know, asking for forgiveness. But it's truly just because he understands what needs to be done. And he's not willing to compromise effort and energy in order to get that done. So, you know, I've just been so blown away and it's, it's impossible to be around him and not feel energized, um, which is a very unique quality. And I think for what we're going through right now and what Oakland needs and sort of the, you know, the challenges that have existed in the city and around the organization in, with leadership, it's a perfect time to have Dave come lead this, this team to the next step. And I think about the Coliseum. You know, we can talk about 2023 in a new ballpark, but you're going to be in the Coliseum for years. How big has it been for your team to create what we call the treehouse or, or, or the Coppola and the Budweiser deck and the stomping ground, all stuff that you can sell and, and, and be with Cortner Partnerships? How big was that to invest the money into the Coliseum? Yeah, and it's, it's huge. And I'm really proud when you look around the Coliseum and you see what it was two years ago and what it is now. We have spaces that are truly experiences that didn't exist before. And it was really 55,000 green seats and some suites. Those were your two options at the diamond level. And, and now whether you want to bring your family, you want to have a great you know, meal or a glass of wine or you know, hang out in a group setting, the Treehouse is maybe the, the most exciting and vibrant bar in Oakland. I mean, there's a lot of great bars in Oakland, but I mean, just in terms of the feel, it feels like you're in downtown Oakland when you're over there. So you know, that's been a huge thing, I think, for this organization to show our fans we're not just going to focus on the new ballpark and let that place sort of crumble. We have to continue to provide a good experience. It gives our partners a great opportunity to learn what our fans want and how they can interact with fans. And it's not just about slapping, and that's really our business. It's not just about slapping a logo on something and say, that's the Budweiser hero deck. It's having Budweiser come in and define what that means, bring their brand to life there because they're an iconic American brand. 
and create an experience that fans want to, you know, take part in 81 times a year. And I'll just say too, on, on, to add to that, you know, in the treehouse, because it is, you know, the bullet bar and the Don Julio deck. I mean, if you go to the Don Julio deck on a green Friday, they're sampling, you know, margaritas and giving away swag. And it's just a really fun experience for our fans. And that's something that we wouldn't have if we didn't have a partnership with, um, you know, Don Julio. So uh, I that's think why Tony's always hanging out <laughs> up there. It, it's really cruelty. <laughs> the fact that I got to sit there every single day and work and everybody's walking around with the special drinks so they got the mustaches on yep. i'm like i can't have a four dollar beer it's just not <laughs> fair but no i think that that has really energized the crowd because i know being in the treehouse i'm there every game and to see greg the appreciation the fans like they understand like i'm getting a deal on bullet bourbon i'm getting a deal on, on, on a beer to where for some reason, I mean, people now are paying $18 for a Budweiser or $15 for a cut. I mean, we're pricing out the average fan. And that's probably one of the cool things about your guys' job is that you're not doing that anymore. You're trying to get people back in the ballpark and give them deals. Absolutely. And I think I think the one thing to really, uh, I think, to highlight is um, when we talk about all these experiences that Wade mentioned, that Kat mentioned, I believe it's a testament to ownership's commitment to deliver the experience now in a 50-plus-year-old building, right? Because everyone is talking about the new ballpark and what that's going to entail, but because ownership has been committed to uh, making those capital improvements uh, to drive the fan experience, that just gives our team um, a lot more opportunities to integrate our partners into that experience and with their help to, you know, to bring it to life that's where it all comes together because you can only take it so far as a team and as a venue, but then when you layer on um, all the additive um, compliments and experiences that our partners can bring to the table, that's when it's, it, it's, it's really utopia, I think. So when you start planning for 2020, right, what is that like for you? What, what are like the key goals for you now in your second year with your team as, as we'll start looking at the baseball season for 2020? Yeah, I mean, year in and year out, I don't think the overall goal ever really changes in that we're, we're, we're obviously wanting to continue to grow our revenue base, you know, from a business perspective. Um, but really along the way, it's really identifying what are the priority uh, you know, business categories or industries we want to be attacking um, that we're currently not engaged with now, um, and how can certain companies in those categories help us achieve our organizational goals? Um, and you know, and what are those? What would those relationships ideally look like? Those partnerships? What would they ideally look like? What is Cat and her team, as an example, trying to accomplish with some of the goals and objectives that um, they're trying to reach with other departments within the organization? And so at least from the business development side, it's us trying to really identify those people that we want to be talking to, having a conversation with, get them to the table and really figure out, you know, does, is this of interest to you? Do the A's make sense to you? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish in the marketplace, in the region? How can we help? Um, and so I think that's really what we try to focus on and ask ourselves every day, every week. Um, but of course we have tangible, uh, you know, quantifiable goals that we're all trying to you know, take a look at and see how we're pacing um, and those kind of things. But um, it's exciting. It really is. Every brand is different. Every business is different. Every partner has different needs. 
Budweiser is different from Chevron, right? So when you're dealing with these different partners, what is that like? Because you've got to satisfy all of their needs, but they're all different. Um, yes. Uh, how long is this show? How much time do we have? To we got all day. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's honestly great. And that's what really excites me is that we have so many different types of brands that we work with that have a different structure and different needs and different personalities and individuals that work there. And it, it makes it really exciting because it's, it's not just the same, you know, folks that you're dealing with, um, all day, every day. Um, so I love that. Um, we have a wide spectrum and, and, and range of partners and we kind of bucket our partners into specific categories. So it is beer, it is, you know, spirits, it's banking, it's insurance, um, what have you. Um, but I'd say, um, to be honest, we're just really, really fortunate. I, again, I haven't worked for other organizations, but we're so fortunate because all of our partners are so fantastic to work with that they make our lives super easy. It's just understanding like what their needs are, how they operate and aligning, you know, the right people on our end to manage that account to ensure that we're delivering on their expectations. Um, so you do have to be pretty nimble and you have to pivot and, and do things a little bit differently. So it's hard to create a standard process that works across the board because it just doesn't. Um, but that's what is, is, is truly exciting. So it's wonderful. We have fantastic partners. Um, and uh, I think we just we, we just try to align our process as best we can with with what they need and how they need to see it in order to make it their partnership to come to life in the best way possible. I will say, too, Chris, it's dynamic because we lose games. We win games. We have ups and downs. They're very visible. They're black and white. Right. Wins and losses. Our partners have the same you know, experiences, their businesses go through hard times and good times and depending upon what the marketplace is doing or even, you know, regionally. So to Kat's point, being nimble and understanding when those things happen, we're not going to turn our back on them when, you know, they lose a game, just like they, they don't do that to us. So building that relationship and that constant dialogue is something her team has really um, developed a, a really sophisticated way of sort of staying in touch, which is huge. And I will add to that even further. The other dynamic I think is, is always present is, a lot of our major partners, when you think about these major categories that, that Kat spoke about, um, many of them do have other partnerships with other teams in the marketplace, right? So I think that's one thing that we also have to consider is they have a certain level of expectation of how sometimes these partnerships should work and how they should be structured. Um, so it's important for us, to, I think, to obviously listen, most importantly, to, you know, to uh, what they're trying to focus on, but then how do we make it unique to the A's, you know, and how do we leverage the best possible version of ourselves as an organization to drive their business and really bring the partnership to life. Because let's face it, this isn't a uh, this isn't a one horse town. I mean, you got two major league baseball teams. You currently have two NFL teams. You've got the Golden State Warriors. You got the San Jose Sharks. You got colleges like Stanford, Cal, San Jose State, St. Mary, Santa Clara. I mean, you've got a lot of competition. And as you mentioned, I think of Chevron or Xfinity or Cash Creek that they're going to be doing Giants and A's. So a lot of people don't understand that that you're battling a lot of different other entities here in the Bay Area. Yeah, and I think from our perspective, it's not necessarily always about trying to i'll use the word convince convince a partner to invest with us in uh in comparison to somebody else but rather listen you have some uh far-reaching marketing objectives and goals that you want to accomplish um you know we're certainly not going to uh, tell you or recommend that you don't do business with other teams in the marketplace but rather how can we, how can we be a part of that 
Um, here's what we have to offer. Here's where we, you know, feel like we can drive value for you. We're confident of our, our ability to deliver that um, and build meaningful relationships. That's what we talked about at the top of the, the conversation of like that's the most important thing. I think uh, we'd all agree is like how do we really turn those relationships into deep friendships and then drive the business. Um, so for us, it's you know we acknowledge and appreciate the partnerships that they have with other teams and other organizations in kind of that landscape of sports entertainment, but we certainly are biased and feel really confident and we're excited about what we have to offer. And it's a reality. And I wonder if you guys are feeling this because I know I'm feeling it. You know, the basketball season starting, Golden State Warriors are in San Francisco. They took their business and their brand to San Francisco. Raiders, we're coming down to the end of the season coming up here. Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. This is going to be the only team in Oakland. Are you having those kind of conversations with these partnerships and these brands saying, hey, we're the last guy standing? We are, and it's a huge – and I, Chris and Dave talk about it all the time. It's a huge responsibility, but it's an awesome opportunity. And wish the Warriors nothing but success over there. We're friends with those guys. And it's been That building's incredible. So it's, it's – uh, you know, we're learning a lot from them, and they've shared their mistakes and what they've – they feel like they've done well, and they've been great to help us. And the same thing with the Raiders. I mean, it'll be – you always want to have your own building. And so it, whether it's the Raiders or any other organization, it just, it's more about having your own building. So it'll be great in the, in the interim to have our own building, be able to do some things that are even more permanent than what we've been able to do to date. Um, but then, you know, once we really build our own, it'll truly be ours. But for the next few years, I mean, it's, it's just our story to tell around what's going on in Oakland, what the people and culture mean, you know, here and, and through the eyes of the A's, we can help tell that story and then bring brands alongside to do that. So it's it's incredibly exciting. Um, and frankly, you know, pretty pumped that we are the only team because we have a, a louder voice now. And then I think about 2023. For a lot of us, it seems like a long way away, but you guys are already thinking about that. Tell us what you're doing right now from a partnership side. When you start thinking about a new stadium, you've got to start planning well ahead of time. You know, you just can't think about now. You also have to think about the future. Yeah, and what a lot of teams and organizations have are the sort of the beauty of they pick up a fan base and even a waiting list and take them, you know, and sort of shuffle the deck and they take them with them to their new place. We're building that now. So that's the first work that's being done. Obviously, with A's access and the growth there, it's been tremendous. And we have a few more years to continue to build that pipeline. And, and we're already starting to get a lot of calls from other teams as to how we've built that. So that's a great thing. On the partnership side, we're really trying to just learn who can help us. And the unique thing about trying to plan that far out in advance, especially when it comes to technology and infrastructure, is technology today can be different tomorrow, and you can be out of date right away. So learning what other businesses are doing, working with some consultants to help us understand really what success could look like, and then starting to get to know our partners so we know who can and can't help us. And it's obviously attractive for them to be a part of the new ballpark, but we're really, you know, we really find it important that they commit to working with us now and being a part of the story. Because anyone can show up to the new house and, you know, to the, to the housewarming party and be a part of that. But we need folks to be a part of the story now. Because as you said, Chris, we're the only team left. We're committed to Oakland. We, we're staying here. Folks should derive a lot of value from that. So that's really the process. And Greg's team is really starting to get to know more partners Cat's team is is delivering the value, so they understand it's not about where we're playing; it's about working with the A's organization, and we're just going to have an even better story and a better place to tell it in a few years. So, if I own a business and I'm listening to A's Cast, and 
I'm hearing this. I'm like, I love this story. I love what's going on. How do I get a hold uh, of you to be a part of this? Uh, yeah, you can uh, send email addresses and phone numbers. No, it's for us. Hopefully, we already got to know you and we're aware of your business. But certainly, reaching out to the A's and there's, you know, you can go to the website. There's a, a way in which you can um, look at the partnership tab on the website and come directly to us. Um, the best way I would love for us to meet is at one of the events. We're the three of us and our team are at events all the time. We're at Oakland Chamber events. We're at you know events across the East Bay and even in the city for that matter. So hopefully, as you hear our voice, you've you've seen our faces somewhere, or we'll see our faces. And that's really our job is to get in front of you and and you know establish a connection in person. But the website's the easiest place if you just say, hey, this organization is is sort of speaking to me, and we should we should work together. That's the best way to do it. Well, this is a great way to kick off A's Roundtable as we're taking you into the offseason and we're going to introduce you to a lot of different employees and what makes the Oakland A's tick. This is Corporate Partnerships. I want to thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun and uh, good luck to you because this is your big time of the year and uh, hopefully you'll knock it out of the ballpark. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, thank you so much. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 